be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. I want to ask you a few questions. Are you a perfectionist? When you walk past a frame that's slightly crooked on the wall, do you need to straighten it immediately? When your partner engages in his or her idiosyncrasies, what does that do to you? How do you feel on the inside? These are some of the questions that you can ask yourself if you're taking the Wabi Sabi Quiz Love love Quiz. And my guest today is a gifted writer that has been here before when she discussed The Soulmate Secret. She's the author of eight books, including the international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. She's been called the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love and believes that with a simple wabi-sabi shift in perception, couples can discover the beauty and perfection in themselves and their partners leading to a deeper, more loving, and more fulfilling relationship. I think it would definitely work in the relationships that you have with your partner, your spouse. But when you read this book, you're also going to find out that this is a guide that's going to help you in all of your relationships because there are some key principles that we're going to discuss over the next hour that really need to become the paradigm shift for everybody as we move into a greater knowing of ourselves and into a place that this planet needs to go in honoring and respecting one another. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Ariel Ford to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back, Ariel. We had a wonderful conversation uh, a couple of years ago when you released The Soulmate Secret, which for all of you who are still seeking that soulmate, I definitely suggest you read that one as your as your prerequisite or even as the secondary after the wabi-sabi. And that really helps people to understand how to become on the inside and the outside so that they attract that soulmate, correct? Right, exactly. And so you have now released the next book, which is entitled Wabi Sabi Love. And that is for us to know what to do once we've got that soulmate in our arms and we are really engaging in what true relationship ends up being. And oftentimes that can have some angst or some disagreements or some times where we want to wring the other person's neck. And how did you come across uh, utilizing this concept in your own relationship and then deciding to write a book about it? Right, exactly. Well, you know, people have this crazy idea that once you meet your soulmate, it's going to be, you know, happily ever after 24-7, which is just completely unrealistic. Every relationship has its struggles. In fact, um, 
Dr. John Gottman, who's one of the leading researchers in the world on love and marriage, says that every relationship has at least nine irreconcilable differences, things that you're just never going to agree on. So it's really imperative that we learn how to love and accept each other so we can maintain uh, a blissful relationship without making each other crazy. Right, and those those differences can be anything from finances to children. It can be sex or the in-laws or housework or politics and all of those kinds of things. But there's a way around that, uh, and, and this, this wabi-sabi perspective can actually serve to shift us so that these don't become the primary focus. These don't become the crack in the relationships. So right. So wabi-sabi is an ancient Japanese art form that honors all things old and worn and weathered, imperfect and impermanent. And it seeks to find beauty and perfection and imperfection. And one of the examples I like to use is imagine if you had a giant vase that had a long crooked crack down the middle of it. The Japanese would put this on a pedestal and shine a spotlight on the crack. So when we apply this to love, what we're looking to do is find the beauty and perfection in our own cracks and those of our beloved. And it's not as hard as it sounds. It's just about having a little bit of willingness. And I have lots of examples I can share of ways people have learned to do this. And even if you're blessed with someone who is uh, very compatible and you really have a lot in common emotionally and spiritually, then there still may be some things here and there that we need to use this principle or this, this concept with. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, that's really the little things that make people crazy, you know. They tell me, oh, he's always leaving wet towels on the floor, or she squeezes the toothpaste from the middle, or she's a slob like I am, or, you know, whatever it is, one in a million things that can come up, it's about really, like, what are you committed to? Are you committed to having a great relationship, or are you committed to, you know, whining and complaining? And it's not about compromise. It's about making up a new story that's really empowering to both of you. So um, let me give you a couple of examples. Yes. I, have, I have this friend, these friends, Jerry and Diane. They've been married for 30 years. And Jerry's actually much older than Diane. And he has an addiction. His addiction is poppy seed bagels. Every single morning he wakes up. He slices his poppy seed bagel, which spreads black poppy seeds all over Diane's white tile floor, and then he toasts his bagel, and he walks around the kitchen eating it, dropping poppy seeds everywhere. And then every morning when Diane gets up, she gets on her hands and knees and takes a wet cloth and wipes up the poppy seeds. Now, most mornings this isn't a problem for her, but one morning she'd had a very unhappy phone call with a client and she was in a bad mood. She was actually quite cranky. And while she was on her hands and knees cleaning up the poppy seeds, she had this thought. And the thought was, what would it take for me to never have to do this again? Mm -hmm. Which was followed by the thought, oh, that would mean Jerry's no longer with me. And she began to cry. And she ran into the other room to give him a hug and a kiss. And every day after that, as she was cleaning up the poppy seeds, she felt this rush of exhilaration and love because it now meant that she had another day to spend with Jerry. So this is really about recognizing and accepting people for, for who they are and some of the things that they do and understanding also that 
like Diane, this person, if it was no longer here, that would never occur again, and she'd be missing out not just on poppy seeds, but on the full relationship that she had beyond that. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So, because, you know, our mates don't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I wonder how I could drive her crazy today. <laughs> what could I do to make her miserable? What little habitual thing that I do could I do three times? You know, they're not thinking like that. You know, a lot of the stuff that comes up is our stuff. You know, usually in every relationship you have one person who's a neat neck and one person who's sloppy. You know, it's not an accident you're brought together with your opposite. You know, it's not that one is better than the other, one is bad and wrong. You know, in my relationship, Brian likes things neat and orderly, and I'm a messy slob. But he's more committed to being happy with me than trying to get me to pick up after myself. So he's just learned that, you know, when I go in the kitchen, there'll be crumbs everywhere and dishes left in the sink, and he just cleans it up. Now, Brian loves to turn on every television he sees, and he likes it loud, and he likes it on news channels. And there are days when I walk in the house where there are four televisions on in four different rooms, blasting away, and he's not even home. Now, I could get crazy about this, but the truth is it doesn't occur to him to turn them off. So it's just easier to walk around and turn them off. You know, and the story that I've made up about it is that he is so interested and excited in the world that he doesn't want to miss a minute of it. He wants to know everything all the time. So it's a change in the perspective of how you're viewing uh, not only the idiosyncrasy but in the person rather than making it a, a balloon problem to focus on and harp on and nag about. Exactly. Now, there is one disclaimer here. You cannot wabi-sabi your way out of bad behavior or abuse or addiction. You know, we're talking about the everyday stuff that, that shows up as an upset for people. But if, you know, if you're being abused in any way, shape, or form, that, that you know, get, get professional help. Wabi-sabi is not going to fix that. Yeah, so, and you say that in the book, that wabi-sabi is not about denial. This is, right. this is really more so of really being aware of not necessarily the things that they're doing, but the reaction that we're having to the things that they're doing, and then allowing ourselves to shift that. Exactly, because really what you want to be up to is having a good time and enjoying your mate. And the truth is we're all a little strange and quirky. And you've probably noticed that if you've been, you know, talking to your spouse over and over and over, can't you just do this, can't, and nothing ever changes, chances are it's not going to change. But what could change is the way you deal with it, the way you approach it. Um, I'll share another story with you um, that's in the book from Gay and Katie Hendricks. They're some of the top relationship experts in the country. You know, Katie is like a social butterfly, and she likes to talk and be with people. And Gay's pretty much a hermit. You know, he, he likes people in what he calls small homeopathic doses. And when he's <laughs> sitting at his desk working, he doesn't like to be disturbed. And, you know, Katie's always barging in and always talking to him. And, and he's always, you know, in the beginning of the relationship saying, can't you see I'm doing really important work here? Why are you bothering me with this trivia? And after, you know, she'd gotten the reaction, like maybe for the hundredth time, she finally said, you know what, Professor 345, I can see how busy you are. And he cracked up laughing because that was the number on his Colorado state license to be a shrink, was Professor 435 or whatever it was. And she found a way 
just to make it humorous, to say, oh, I really get it. You're so important, so special, you can't talk to me. And now they just laugh about it. And humor is such a big part of relationships, too, and that is one of the things that you discuss in Wabi Sabi Love is how to use humor and allow that to be a healing force rather than uh, triggering the other individual. Yeah, exactly. My guest today is Ariel Ford. Wabi Sabi Love is firmly rooted in the belief that how a person chooses to see things informs the way they appear. This book provides you steps for developing an emotional maturity that gives way to a relationship that is authentic, meaningful, fulfilling, and fun by shifting focus away from what's wrong to what's right. Partners will learn to apply humor, listening, intimacy, and generosity at precisely those moments where retreat feels like the only option. Wabi Sabi Love shows couples a pathway to love, peace, and harmony. Ariel Ford is an international best-selling author of The Soulmate's Secret and acclaimed leader in the personal growth and contemporary spirituality movement. Ford's stellar career includes years as a prominent book publicist, literary agent, radio host, and relationship expert. You can find out more about the book and also read some wonderful blog posts, some very humorous uh, blogs and pictures as well, at her website, wabisabilove.com. That's W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I-Love.com. We'll be right back with Ariel Ford. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
Barack and Michelle Obama's marriage wasn't always peaceful and serene. During one rough patch, Michelle often found herself frustrated, stressed out, angry, and blaming Barack for her unhappiness. A 5 a.m. wabi-sabi epiphany changed the course of both of their lives. Relationship expert Ariel Ford gives an ancient concept, a modern-day twist to help partners develop and sustain a love that lives vibrantly past the honeymoon phase. Based on the Japanese aesthetic of finding beauty in imperfection, known as wabi-sabi, wabi-sabi love introduces the art of learning to love your partner's imperfections to illuminate the hidden beauty that makes a person a soulmate. I'd love to uh, have you also know about another website, the wabi-sabi book.com on there if you order the book there are five special gifts that you get just for ordering a copy there are love letters of ariel and brian there's a three-hour relationship solution audio package uh, from the art of love series by gay and harville uh, harville hendricks and and kelly hunt there's also um there's a special audio from john gray i believe and john gray and allison armstrong Allison Armstrong. There's a tapping uh, gift from Nick Ortner in EFT, and then there's also a visioning video. So there's some amazing gifts that you can go to and get at the wabisabibook.com. So definitely get your book. In addition, if you'd like to have an experience of Wabi Sabi with Ariel, you can go to a weekend workshop at Kripalu April 13th through 15th, and you can find out more about that. Is that on the website, Ariel? Um, you know what? That's actually a Soulmate Secret Manifestation Workshop, and there's details at SoulmateSecret.com. So go to SoulmateSecret.com as yeah. well. I'd love to get into one part um, of the book that you wrote about, you and you had mentioned this in the last segment, and that was that, that when we... When we have angst with our partner, sometimes that partner is coming from their own issues and their own woundings and different things like that. And there's an area in the book where you talk about uh, yourself pointing the finger at Brian and, and realizing in that moment that you had picked up the same qualities or ways or manners of your mother and you told him to do something uh, every time. <laughs> yeah, and, and what, he what happened was uh, I was I, I sort of caught myself ragging about God knows what. I had my left hand on my left hip and my right index finger pointed in his face and I was just going on and on and I suddenly stopped and I was really humiliated by my own behavior and I said to him, I'm so sorry and the next time this happens and unfortunately there probably will be a next time, would you just very gently say to me, when did Sheila enter the room? And Sheila's my mother's name, and I love my mother, and she's great, and she's brilliant, and she's wonderful, but she has a tendency to be overbearing. And Brian totally got it, and he went, yeah, and the next time I get really patronizing, you can just ask me, when did Wayne get in the room? And that was the name of his dad. So very quickly, we found that by using these code words, we were able to diffuse what was potentially a very explosive situation and make it into something light and funny and really solved a problem just by finding a quick way to use humor to shift ourselves. Well, and I think that's great because a lot of people don't realize we marry, the partner we marry really is that parent that we had the most issue with. And so oftentimes that's who they're going to show up as and then we're going to react as that same person as well. So I thought that was a great a great story right. and probably something that a lot of people could put out in their own lives. Now, one thing you said through that story was that you had your left hand on your hip and one finger was pointing out, 
And oftentimes it's not just the language that's coming across, but our body is speaking. So we could be speaking sweetly, but everything else from our body might be seething that anger or frustration. Talk about that in relation to wabi-sabi love. Yeah, I mean, that comes up all the time because, you know, John Gray always says the most important thing a woman can do with a man is her tone of voice. Tone of voice is everything. You know, Harville Hendricks always says that, that the best way to think about your relationship is it starts off like a dream and quickly turns into a nightmare, and that's normal. <laughs> you know? So we have to really understand that, that being in a relationship isn't supposed to be fun all the time, but we can find ways using wabi-sabi to make it more enjoyable, whether it's humor or kindness or compassion and, uh, you know, the way the way we present ourselves, you know, are you going to have your hand on your hip and be all bossy or are you going to have your palms out in a welcoming position saying, you know, you're my beloved, let's find a way to get co-creative together and find a win-win situation or make a win-win situation. And, you know, one of the things that Brian and I decided to do early on was we decided that our number one value, our core value was the health of our relationship and that we would make our decisions and our choices not out of what did Brian want or what did Arielle want, but what would serve the relationship. And by choosing that, decisions became very easy because it was always very clear what was in the best interest of the relationship. That's really an important point because so often when we've been in a relationship for quite a while, it's so easy to take that other person for granted and really turn the focus to me, me, me. What am I not getting? What am I not being able to speak about? What am I not being able to do? Rather than keeping the vision, which was original, and that was the relationship. And so that is probably something that a lot of people can do that have been in a long relationship and then turn around and do one of your steps, which I thought was powerful, and that was rewriting your relationship vow. Yes, absolutely, especially after you've gone out through a difficult patch to rewrite your vows, even if you don't do it in a formal, big party kind of atmosphere, but just to write some new vows to each other. And one of the things I want to mention here that's really key to all of this is the whole concept of personal responsibility. You know, so many of us are waiting for someone else to make us happy. And the truth is, we need to make ourselves happy and, and then share with our spouse, you know, what that looks like and, and what it is, what our needs are and open those lines of communication. And that's really what the Michelle and Barack Obama story in the book is all about. They were in a very rough patch in their marriage um, Oh, when he was just a young legislator, she was working a very big corporate job, raising two young girls. He was traveling all the time. She had gained weight, didn't have time to work out. They had crushing debt from their Ivy League education. And she was pretty miserable and ragging on him nonstop. And he was complaining to his grandmother that Michelle was always giving him a hard time. And then one morning she woke up really early and she really wanted to go to the gym, but she was thinking, oh, but pretty soon the girls are going to get up. I have to feed them breakfast, get them ready for kindergarten. And she thought, you know what? This guy sleeping next to me, he'll figure out how to feed them breakfast. I'm going to the gym. And she had this big epiphany, and she realized she was waiting for Barack to make her happy. But it was really up to her to reorganize their life that worked for her. 
So she finally told her mom, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to accept your help with the girls and with shopping and with babysitting. And she told Barack, I'm laying down the law from, from now on. Whenever you're in town, we're having family dinners and every Sunday is family day. And I'm going to the gym five days a week. And she completely restructured her life and theirs. And as you can see today, they have a very good marriage. Well, and that seems to have a real um, groundingness in control. And, and I know when I looked at the Wabi Sabi Love Quiz and some of the questions like being a perfectionist or having to fix something that's on the wall or, or not being able to accept certain behaviors or idiosyncrasies, all of that is grounded in control as well. What is it that has created such a perfectionism in looking at our spouses and our relationships? You know, we've been brainwashed by society to strive for something that doesn't exist. You know, we just, we want the perfect hair and the perfect skin and the perfect body and the perfect mate and the perfect home and the perfect kids. And so we're constantly left in a state of disappointment, sadness, and frustration because nothing's ever perfect. So if we would start from the wabi-sabi perspective that there's beauty and imperfection, and start looking to see how can I make a new story out of what I once deemed imperfect? How can I make a new story that there's beauty in this? And start and, seeking that. And Wabi Sabi is not the, it's not the puppy love. It's not that romanticizing and soulmate initial love. This is, this is something deeper. This, you write it's the sacred love, not the infatuation. So this is going, uh, into the deepest form of romantic love that there could be because you're really embracing all of that person for everything that they are. Right, because isn't that what you want and what I want? I want to be loved and adored and accepted for all of me, for the strange and weird parts of me, for the neurotic parts of me. You know, people think, oh, I have to be perfect before I find somebody. Absolutely not. I mean, when you're with your soulmate, you become, your, you become healers and teachers for each other. You know, you want somebody to love and accept you for how you are, which is why it's always a good thing to love and accept your mate for who they are, warts and all. Now, you were talking about personal responsibility, and that also means that learning to engage in some of the things that our sp- spouses like, even if it's not something that we particularly care for. Yes, I call this growing a generous heart. And, uh, and one of the things people are constantly telling me they relate to in the book is, is my story of learning to come to love basketball because Brian <laughs> was the captain of his college basketball team and he played pro for a few years and comes from a basketball family. And it's, you know, it's his passion. And I had always sworn I would never marry a jock and I would never watch sports on TV because it was forced down my throat as a child. Well, sure enough, I end up marrying a guy who loves to watch basketball. And I started thinking, you know, there's a lot of hours in a weekend where we're not relating because I have this belief that there's, you know, nothing in it for me to watch basketball. So I did this experiment, and I said to Brian, I'll watch the last 15 minutes of any game you're watching if you'll explain to me what's going on. And we started doing this, and the first few times I did it, nothing really happened. It wasn't that interesting. But on the third time that I watched the game, I noticed that there was this one really short player, really short and really fast. And I decided right then that I was going to root for always the shortest player on the team. (laughs) And pretty soon I had a reason to watch the games, and I fell in love with these guys with names like Avery Johnson and... uh, Oh, I can't remember the other guy's name. 
but it was it became fun for me. Suddenly, we I had a shared interest in his passion, and conversely, I have a thing for stupid, funny movies. I like chick flicks. You know, Brian likes foreign films and documentaries, but he knows how much I love to go to the theater and eat popcorn and watch a stupid movie. So he's happy to share my passion for dumb movies. And now we're both getting what we want. My guest today is Ariel Ford. She has released Wabi Sabi Love. The sad but true facts are that the 50% of first marriages, 67% of second marriages, and 74% of third marriages all end in divorce. Modern-day society has conditioned us to seek perfection, which leads to an ongoing state of frustration and dissatisfaction. By practicing wabi-sabi love, you learn to accept the flaws, imperfections, and limitations, as well as the gifts and blessings that form your shared history as a couple. Acceptance and its counterpart understanding are crucial to achieving relationship harmony. You can find out more about wabi-sabi love and also access five amazing gifts uh, at thewabisabibook.com. That's thewabisabibook.com. In addition, if you'd like to work with Ariel Ford, uh, she is doing a weekend workshop on The Soulmate Secret April 13th through 15th at Kripalu, and that's at thesoulmatesecret.com. You can find out more information about that. We'll be right back with Ariel Ford. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Definitely take advantage of the free gifting of 1111 Magazine throughout 2012. You can go to the 1111mag.com website 
and sign up for your free subscription for the year, along with access to all prior archives. Uh, you can find a lot of amazing uh, interviews and wonderful articles that have been contributed by people all over the world. Uh, the issue that's out right now has some amazing articles with Jack Canfield and Ayala Van Zant. And then the next issue that is releasing in, in a couple of weeks has some wonderful articles with Nick Ortner, which is one of the free gifts that is uh, being offered by Ariel Ford in purchasing her book, Wabi Sabi Love, in addition to some other exciting information by Alea Deo, an amazing sound healer, and Maureen Moss with the World Puja Network. So definitely get your subscription so you can access that information. We are talking Wabi Sabi, and there's some amazing, wonderful, beautiful principles that are strung out through the book. Uh, you can play a part in your partner's life story, and when you engage in your love's interest, you not only acknowledge the person, uh, but also the passion. There are so many of these in there that allow you to understand how to create that wabi-sabi love in your la- life. Laughter is another place. Using humor is a way to really allow people to get past some of the idiosyncrasies. Loving the quirks can be a perk when you see them as part of the whole, and using gratitude is another piece. So there are a lot of wonderful principles that are here, as well as some exercises that you can use. You can find out more about the book and order it at thewabisabibook.com, and there are several gifts there on the page that you will get uh, in placing your order. In addition, you can attend a weekend workshop at Kripalu April 13th to 15th with Ariel on The Soulmate Secret. So definitely look into some of that. Uh, Ariel, I'd love to talk about... um, one of the stories that's in the book, and it has to do with a young woman named Jill. And so often when we're on our path and we're becoming more spiritually evolved and conscious, we seek out someone that's like that. And and more likely than not, we're going to attract the opposite of that. But there's also sometimes a a spiritual arrogance that, that does occur when we become more conscious and we are wanting to fix the other person or we're wanting to bring them to our speed or we're wanting to let that one go and have someone else. Can you talk a little bit about that and the Wabi-sabi yeah. perspective? Sure. So um, Jill's story is that she is a, uh, a vegan who likes to do yoga and only wear organic clothes and only eat organic food. She composts and she meditates every day and she has a very particular new age path. And she went to her high school reunion five years ago and ran into an old boyfriend and they rekindled their romance and quickly moved in together and he, he proposed and she said yes. And four years later, they still weren't married. <laughs> and I kept saying to her, well, Jill, what's the matter? And she's like, oh, he treats me like a queen. He loves me so much, but he's just not spiritual enough. And it's like, well, what does that mean? She said, well, he, he's a motorcycle repairman. He smokes, he hunts, he eats meat, and he's sort of socially phobic, and I'm very social, so I just don't think it's going to work. And it's like, but, but you feel good with him, right? And he, he loves you, and you, you are happy together, and he takes care of you. No, he's just not spiritual enough. So she breaks up with him, but because of the downturn and the recession, they couldn't afford to move out, so they're still living together. And then Jill gets really sick, and Ray, her fiancé, or ex-fiancé now, starts taking really good care of her. And one morning, when she was almost better, she was in the kitchen making some muesli or something for breakfast, and he came walking in with his hunting dog and a couple of dead ducks. And uh, 
she said, how was your morning? And he said, oh, it was just so beautiful. I was walking through the woods, and I could only hear the sound of my footsteps crunching on the leaves, and the sunlight was sparkling through the leaves and the trees, and it was like being in a cathedral. It was beautiful. And, and Jill's thinking to herself, wow, that kind of sounds like a spiritual experience, but she just ignored the thought. And then later that day, he came home early from work, really upset, and she's like, well, what happened? He said, Bob, the owner of the motorcycle repair shop, just had a heart attack and died. And uh, he was really upset about it. And a few days later, when it was time for Bob's funeral, Ray asked Jill, he goes, you know how nervous I get in groups of people. Would you mind going to the funeral with me? And she agreed. So they go to the funeral. There's about 300 people in the church, and the minister does the whole service. And when he's done, he says, is there anybody who would like to come up and say a few words about Bob? And now, now the room is filled with motorcycle guys, right? Nobody moves. Mm. Nobody stands up. And all of a sudden, Jill sees Ray standing up and walking to the front of the church, and suddenly Ray's speaking from his heart about what a good man Bob was, what a good father, a good husband, a good friend, a good boss. And, so, and for the first time, Jill really gets who Ray is, and she falls in love with him. And she realizes that while she's been complaining for four years that Ray's not spiritual enough, she realized that she was the spiritually arrogant one, that she didn't realize that just because he didn't share her same values about how she practiced spirituality, she assumed he had none, and she saw that he was the one who truly had a spiritual practice, not her. And now they're finally going to get married this spring, finally. What a great story. And I think that's something so many can learn from because we often are wanting to fix that partner or change them. And, and it's really not about changing them. This is about uh, almost a personal growth process. As you were talking in the last segment, it seemed as if this is an opportunity for individuals to discover more of themselves and to expand and to realize that they can be who they are, but they can also now expand and engage and be uh, part of what someone else is as well. Yes. Yeah, so we have to really look and see because there's so many New Age women out there who say, well, I really need someone who's spiritual. And I always stop them and say, well, let's be clear about what you mean by that because a lot of men have their own spirituality that looks different from ours. So maybe what you're really saying is I need a partner who believes in a higher power but you're willing to let them practice in any way that works for them. Or it may be that you're, you know, a practicing Catholic and you want someone who's actually going to go to church with you, you know, and do certain things. So, you know, when you're in the process of manifesting a soulmate, you want to be very clear about those things. Now, as you were uh, writing this book, did you find that more things showed up in the relationship so that you could really practice wabi-sabi? So often when we're, we're teaching something or we're doing something, we create that much more energy around it in our lives just oh, so that we yes. are able to yes. put it out there. <laughs> yes, we, because Brian is a great writer who doesn't ever want to write a book, and he's also a great editor. So he edited every page of the book, and when I was first writing it, um, I really didn't know what I was doing. It was it was a struggle for me. And I would give him pages to read, and he would come back and in the really nicest kind of way say, you know, this isn't your best work. <laughs> and I was really starting to feel picked on. And so it, it brought up all kinds of stuff. You know, I had to, like, explain. 
explain to him that I'm already insecure as a writer. So when he's going to give me feedback, you know, I need five pieces of good feedback before I get the negative feedback, that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it did. And it, it gave us an opportunity to really grow and stretch and, and practice this on a deeper level because we have already been practicing wabi-sabi just among ourselves. But then, you know, sharing our really personal stories in a book was a bit of a challenge. But as you can see, we spilled our guts everywhere. <laughs> well, and I think that's what's so helpful because so often you don't know that a person that has written a book has actually practiced and lived it. And I think that when you've practiced and lived it, you glean the wisdom. And that's what you can really share because you know it works. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I'm very happy with how the book turned out, and I'm getting really great feedback from people that, you know, there's there's 18 different stories in the book and uh, at least that many practices and exercises, and people are coming back and saying, oh, when I read this, I totally got it, and I saw myself in it, and I made this change, and we're so much happier now. So that's really the, you know, sort of the, the carrot for me when you write a book is knowing that it's actually helping people. And I found that as I read the book, it's not really just about your romantic relationships. That was the slant that you placed on the book. Uh, but we can practice wabi-sabi in all of our relationships with sisters, with parents, with children. Yes, absolutely. And you're, most importantly, yourself. Think of all the ways we're judging ourselves all day long. You know, uh, we are just creatures of wabi-sabi. We are not going to be perfect. So, you know, when you're looking in the mirror and you're starting to go, oh, my God, is that another wrinkle? See if you can find the beauty of it. You know, this is a beautiful wrinkle. I have such a good life. I smile so much that you can permanently see it on my face now. It's living proof that I'm doing something right. Uh, you have in here that the, the prayer that goes with wabi-sabi is the serenity prayer. Yes. Yes. That, that, I love that one. Um, and it's flown out of my mind right now. I actually can't think of it. But it, it, it's, and it's, uh, it's so important. I'm trying to, to flip through it. But it's, it's accepting. Uh, give me the, the courage the to accept, to accept the yes. stuff that I cannot change, essentially. And, and that really is it. It's, it's really being open to life and allowing what is to come to us and knowing that we're not here to change everything, but we are here to accept and honor everything. Yeah. What would you say is the most profound practice within the book that you have used in your own life? Well, the one that I use most often that really works for me is a heart lock-in, which is a technique uh, taught by the geniuses at the Institute of Heart Math that takes you from your head to your heart. And it's a very, very simple process. And um, it's just about focusing on the area around your heart while you're breathing slowly and re-experiencing moments of love and appreciation and gratitude so that you can feel in every cell of your body and be present to the emotions of love and appreciation and gratitude. And when you can get back there, then you can start to let go of your judgments and criticisms and, and upsets and allow the creativity of wabi-sabi to show up so you can make up a new story for whatever it is you think is not right or imperfect about your partner. And the uh, Institute of Heart Math, that they have also researched that a lot of our consciousness and a lot of how we create and we react, it is that heart-mind that it takes place in. So lifting ourselves up in that energy of the heart really will transform not only ourselves but so many of our relationships. 
Absolutely. It's really great work to do. And in the uh, free gifts that come with the book at thewabisabibook.com, uh, there, are, there is access to these uh, what I call feelingizations. Wonderful. Ariel, would you go through those gifts again so that people know what they can find out if they go to yeah, what they so, will see um, if they go to the wabisabibook.com website? Well, Brian and I like to write each other uh, love letters. We've been doing it since day one, so we put together uh, an 80 page ebook of all of our favorite love letters. So that's the first gift. Uh, then we have the three hour relationship solution audio package. So there's an hour with Harville Hendricks on how to turn seeming incompatibility into getting the love you want. There's an hour with Allison Armstrong on uh, the secret to great sex, even when no one's in the mood. And an hour with John Gray on when a woman gives too much and how to inspire a man to do more. And then there's a tapping session with Nick Ortner on how to tap away and release negative feelings and emotions like resentment, frustration, disappointment. And then there's one of these heart lock-in processes that I lead called a guided process to access deeper love to get you heart-centered. And then finally, there's a love-enhancing visioning video, which is this really great five-minute video of of music and images and sounds that uh, will program your mind to experience more richer, deeper love. So if you go there and you end up buying one copy of the book from any, any source, any online website or any store, you just enter in your receipt number and you can instantly download all of these great gifts. Oh, that's wonderful. And if you're uh, deciding to order a book for yourself, choose to order a couple more for friends, and you can get some additional things. Yes, if you order three or more copies, there are three 75-minute bonus audios. One is with my sister, Debbie Ford, who's the world's leading expert on the shadow, called Loving Your Shadow, Loving Your Mate. There's another one with Claire Zamet from Calling in the One called Secrets of Successful Marriages. And a third one with Marcy Shimoff on how to love for no reason. So, you know, I really wanted to make this irresistible and give people all the tools they need to have all the love that they desire. Well, that's fantastic. We are talking to Ariel Ford, and she is a leading expert on relationships and love. And she has released Wabi Sabi Love, which is firmly rooted in the belief that how a person chooses to see things informs the way they appear. You can find out more about the book at thewabisabibook.com. Access all of those great gifts. I know you've got to go, Ariel, so I want to thank you so much for being on 1111 Talk Radio and sharing another fantastic book with us to help us move along in the path of love. Uh, Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. 
as you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. I do want you to take full advantage of the promotion that 1111 Magazine is having right now. I am gifting all issues of 1111 Magazine to anyone that wants to access the beautiful information that comes through it. You'll get all six issues of 2012 for free, along with all of the issues from 2010 and 2011. So definitely go to the website, 1111mag.com, and register for that. Just click on the banner, and it will take you right to the place to allow you to do that. Um, You can go ahead and follow the prompts and do everything that's there. Nothing will be charged to you, and they are a free gift for your enjoyment and personal evolution. There's some wonderful interviews coming up in the next issue. We have Alea Deo, who is talking about sound and healing, and it's a very in-depth conversation uh, really relating to the different dimensional worlds that we're moving into. In addition, we're speaking with Maureen Moss in the next issue, and that one also is another very in-depth conversation about how to step into the divine heart, along with Nick Ortner and talking about the tapping, uh, a way that we can heal and grow and move through many of the issues that we have in our lives as we go beyond. Um, My guest today was Ariel Ford, and we were discussing her book, Wabi Sabi Love. This is a concept that has to do with finding the perfection in imperfection. And it's something that you can do in love and it's something that you can do uh, in all of your life in many different ways. It is a, a wonderful perspective to have. The wabi-sabi is the ancient Japanese art form that finds beauty and perfection in imperfection. Wabi-sabi honors that which is imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete. It finds beauty in the modest, the humble, and the unconventional. Wabi-sabi love is the art and practice of loving the imperfections in ourselves and in our partners. It's not mere acceptance or denial of the things that may annoy us or even drive us crazy, but rather a deep and profound appreciation for the uniqueness of one another. So if you really think about some of the things that are going on in your life and in your relationships, particularly your romantic relationships, you're going to find that there are going to be those triggering moments. There are going to be those things that will affect you and make you uh, want to point that finger or put a hand on the hip or use a certain tone. But it's in those moments that our greatest personal and self-growth can happen because we can look at ourselves and how our behavior is, what needs to change in that. And then we can also look at the other individual and understand that this is who they are. This is who they were when we married them or, or got together with them. 
and this is who they probably will continue to be. It's a matter of acceptance and understanding. There is a special meditation in the book that I'd like to take you through right now, and it is called Putting on a New Cloak. Uh, so often as kids, you may remember playing dress-up, where you slipped in and out of roles, and it didn't really matter what role you had as long as you got to play one. Well, this is very much the same thing. We're going to be putting on a magic cloak to observe the art of viewing the circumstances of your life through a slightly different filter. So you're going to, uh, when you do this on your own, you're going to sit down by yourself with a pad and a pencil and you're going to write down a few things that really annoy you about your partner. Uh, some examples might be leaving the toilet seat up or down or squeezing the toothpaste tube in the middle instead of the, or at the end, uh, leaving drawers and cabinets half open or sleeping with the window closed, leaving televisions on in the house or shoes or socks laying around, any number of things that might be annoying to you. So in this moment, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes and imagine your own magic cloak has the possibility to shine a positive light on any situation. Imagine yourself facing that partner and looking at them, and they're doing the very things that have always annoyed or bothered you, that have always caused a sense of angst within you. And in that moment, you see those things lying around or you see those actions that really start to trigger you and you have that need to want to say something. But in this moment, you can place the imaginary cloak over your shoulder and call to mind any of that uh, annoying behavior. And then you can challengely create yourself in becoming another character. Create yourself and see how many interesting and amusing reasons you can make up to explain why your partner commits such acts. For example, she squeezes the toothpaste tube in the middle because it comes alive if you touch the end. Or he leaves the drawer open so the little elves that live under the stove can hop back in when we're not looking. Allow yourself to find the humor, to find a way to justify and allow what they're doing as long as it is not harmful, as long as it's not sending you into denial about an abuse. Allow yourself to find a way to look at the situation so that it no longer causes you angst and it allows the other person to be who they are. Now open your eyes and take a few deep breaths and write a new fairy tale to explain the behavior to replace the recurring horror movie that you've been replaying in your mind. Lastly, commit to trying on your partner's behavior yourself. Maybe do some of those things that they've been doing repeatedly. And what you may find is those very things might actually annoy that partner enough that they stop doing them themselves. Changing just one thing about the way we look at the world can alter our entire perception. The way we choose to see things, whether it's positively or negatively, impacts our relationships in so many ways. It impacts all of our relationships. A wabi-sabi choice offers new avenues for seeing the world differently and influences not only what we say, but how we say it. Wagging a finger will elicit a different response than offering a hand. Either way, it's a choice. It's each up to each one of us, and it is our opportunity to take personal responsibility for how we live our lives and what we create in our lives. So definitely go out and get your copy of Wabi Sabi Love. Uh, access the website, thewabisabibook.com, and take your receipt number wherever you've purchased your book, and definitely access the great gifts that Ariel is offering 
so that you can uh, have some of those other support tools to assist you. I am looking forward to another great conversation next week. We've got some amazing people lined up over the next few weeks, such as Mike Dooley, Gary Zukoff, and many more. So until next week, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.